0: This evening, we're looking at Psalm 22, verses 14 through to 18. Last week in our studies in Psalm 22, we saw something of the wickedness of the, the rulers and also the various other people who assembled at the cross and surrounded the Lord Jesus Christ as he was lifted up to die. For example, just looking back at verses 12 and 13 to remind you. Look at those two verses. Many bulls have compassed me, strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. They gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and a roaring lion. I hope that by now you would have realised that this psalm which was written about a thousand years before the Lord Jesus Christ laid down his life for sinners, in obedience to the will of his God. Here I go again, I'm I'm emphasising that point. In obedience to the will of the Lord his God. It's a detailed account of those final hours on the cross. And as I said last week, it's worth repeating it now and reminding you, within the words of this psalm, God has given us a window to look through and to see at least something of that most solemn occasion about 2,000 years ago when the Lamb of God was wounded for the transgressions and bruised for the iniquities of all of those who trust in him. It's really a great privilege and we are standing on holy ground when we look at this Psalm 22, that we can see something, And we can hear something of those hours, those last hours on the cross of Calvary. Let's look at verse 14. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted in the midst of my bowels. In the previous two verses, as we've just seen, the Lord Jesus Christ, he described his enemies as strong balls of Bashan and as ravening and as roaring lions. Now in verse 14, Jesus is describing his own condition. The the shift, the emphasis has gone from the the rulers and the people who um, were at the cross to himself now. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, you are exalted to present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. That is your act of worship. That is your reasonable service. And you can only ever do that if you do so by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Got to be by faith. There's no act of worship on your part that will ever be acceptable to God if it it is not done through faith in Jesus. And you can only do that if by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ you believe that he died for your sins at the cross, that he was the ultimate sacrifice. We're to present our bodies a living sacrifice unto God daily that's our act of worship but Jesus he presented his body as a living sacrifice at Calvary about two thousand years ago in a way that only he could do so and in a way that only he was qualified to no one else was qualified no one else was good enough the Lord Jesus Christ was God's appointed sacrifice for sin and if you're trusting in him He is your sacrifice for sin. He hung upon that cross, bearing in his own body your sins. Only he could do that, because only Jesus is the sinless um, Lamb of God, an acceptable sacrifice to God. And he poured out like water his own precious blood and his life. We see that in verse 14, I am poured out like water. It can speak of Jesus pouring out his blood, pouring out his life on the cross when he laid down his life for sinners. We also read in verse 14, all my bones are out of joint. That is a reference to when the body of the Lord Jesus Christ was stretched out upon the cross as if upon a rack and his joints were dislocated when the cross was raised up and it was rammed into the ground. One of the commentators has said, now when the Lord was raised up upon the cross and his sacred body hung in the air from the nails, all the joints began to give so that the bones were parted the one from the other. Last of all, in verse 14, we read, My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. None of us could have withstood the intense heat of God's judgment and his wrath. A divine anger which even now is upon you if you reject the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 3, verse 36 the last verse in John chapter 3 says very clearly that the wrath of God abides upon you if you reject the Son of God. For those of you who are trusting in Jesus, he was the propitiation for your sins. In other words, at the cross, Jesus appeased the righteous anger of the Lord his God when the Lord laid upon him the iniquity of of your sin. Let's have a look at verse 15. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. By saying my strength is dried up like a potsherd, Jesus was acknowledging his complete physical weakness And he likened himself to a piece of clay, baked in a kiln until the very last drop of moisture had departed. No doubt the Lord was bereft of all moisture as he hung upon the cross and as his body was drained of his precious soul-cleansing blood. Jesus laid down his life at the cross. We're told that very clearly in the Bible, but let's not pretend that Jesus was not weakened by what he went through. Jesus, when he, was taken, when he was led to that cross, he was led to the cross as a man as well as as God, a man. In Matthew chapter 27 and verse 32, it is written, Now as they came out, They found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. That's when Jesus was making that final journey to the cross, bearing his cross, and then Simon of Cyrene was compelled to carry that cross. As such it would seem that even before the first nail was hammered through the body of Jesus, he was in a very weakened state and too weak to carry his cross any further due to the torturous treatment that he had already received at the hands of wicked men. Also in verse 15 it is written, My tongue cleaveth to my jaws. Thirst, dehydration, And the agony and the anguish of his soul would no doubt have contributed to the Lord's tongue fastening to his jaws. Last of all, in verse 15 we read, Thou hast brought me into the dust of death. What that means is that Jesus died and he was entombed. But what it does not mean is that his body dissolved into the dust of the earth. Thou hast brought me into the dust of death. We can see that Jesus, his body was not dissolved into the dust of the earth. We can see that to be the case in Psalm 16 and verse 10 where David said, Thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. A thousand years or so after David had died, the Apostle Peter preached to a crowd on the day of Pentecost and he confirmed that those words of David had their fulfilment in Jesus and not in David. This is what Peter said on the day of Pentecost. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried and his tomb is with us to this day therefore being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body according to the flesh he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne he foreseeing this spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. So what we read, if you, if you looked at it in Psalm 16, verse 10, thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou, thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. A thousand years later, on the day of Pentecost, the Apostle Peter confirmed that those words were fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ, that God did not leave his soul in hell, neither did he suffer his Holy One, the Lord Jesus, to see corruption. The Apostle Peter then went on to preach to the crowd about the resurrection of Jesus and his exaltation by his God. And then there are other verses in the New Testament that make it very clear that when Jesus laid down his life for sinners, when his God brought him into the dust of death, as we read in verse 15, that his body did not dissolve into dust. For example, in Luke chapter 24, verse 39, when Jesus appeared to his disciples after his resurrection, he said to them, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see, that I have. Touch me, I have flesh and bones. Likewise, Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, he challenged Thomas, the apostle, to stick his fingers in to the wounds made by the nails to stick his hand in his side. So much for all those people who insist that the body of Jesus perish in the grave. People such as the Jehovah's Witness, whose founder Charles Taze Russell declared, Jesus is dead, forever dead. They say that the body of Jesus was disposed of by Jehovah God and dissolved into its constituent elements, or atoms. That is their official dogma. That is what they would like to believe. That when the Lord brought Jesus into the dust of death, that was the end of the man Christ Jesus. But it's simply not the case. The fact is that Jesus died on the cross in the place of sinners, and that he was brought by his God into the dust of death, but he rose bodily, and he rose triumphantly over sin, Satan, and death on the third day. And indeed, about 30 years after the crucifixion, the Apostle Paul said that there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, referring to Jesus as the man, Christ Jesus. I think it is important to emphasise that because there are many people out there who would like to think that when Jesus was entombed, when he was put in the grave, that was very much the end of the man, Christ Jesus. But that's not the case. And now Jesus, the great heavenly high priest, is seated at the right hand of the throne of God, where he ever lives to make intercession for all who are trusting in him. Looking at verse 16. For dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me, they pierced my hands and my feet. Where it is written, they pierced my hands and my feet. There is no reason at all to imagine that those words referred to the psalmist, that they referred to David. Those hands and feet can only be the hands and feet of the Saviour. And that verse corresponds with other verses of scripture, such as uh, in the Old Testament, Zechariah chapter chapter 12 and verse 10. And in the New Testament... John chapter 20, verse 25, all of which point to Jesus being pierced and nailed to the cross at Calvary. For example, as it is written in Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 10 in the Old Testament prophecies, And I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication, Then they will look upon me whom they have pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. They will look upon me whom they pierced. In the prophecy of Zechariah. And then in John chapter 20 verse 25 when the apostles were speaking to Thomas after they'd seen the Saviour, and as I mentioned earlier, this is what they said, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hand the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. The point there is that it's very clear that Jesus was nailed to a cross. Let's have a look at verse 17. I may tell all my bones...